0: coming up new socialist programs are popping up around the country and democrats are now using high gas prices as an excuse to spread socialism and to and to, and to redistribute the wealth democrats are using covid we're going to lay this out for you here these leftists these radicals are using high gas prices inflation and and and, and the pandemic As an excuse to redistribute the wealth and to spread around their socialism, this is what they always do, never let a good crisis go to waste. And I'm telling you, I've said this before, I would not be surprised if the Biden administration is intentionally tanking the economy, is intentionally making inflation and gas prices spike out of control. Because they want to trans- I know it sounds diabolical. How could you possibly- th- uh, Of course! Of course! This is their chance! They use the climate for this as well! Any crisis they can use to spread socialism, they jump on and literally manipulate. So they- they want to transform the US into a socialist country. They don't even make it a secret, and this is their opportunity. Alright, so we need to talk about what's happening in Eretz Israel. specifically, we need to discuss, very important that we need to get into this, I don't spend enough time on this, we need to discuss Meron, which is obviously a very, very important fundamental topic, and we need to discuss the new wave of terror that is spreading around Eretz Israel right now, around Israel, and what is the cause, and what can be done about it, but let me begin with Meron because last week, there was a, a stunning announcement made, in my opinion, and I think this needs to get a lot of attention, the Toldos Aaron Rebbe announced that there will be no Toldos Aaron Hadlaka this year in Meron in, in, in on Lag and this is a this to me is a bombshell. It's a huge development that Toldos Aaron, the, the, their Hasidus, they are apparently going to have members of the Hasidus, you know, Toldos Aaron Hasidim are going to attend. Meron on Lagba but it's not going to be organized, and it's, there is not going to be a hadlaka, and the Rebbe himself is not going to be there. And in my opinion, this is great news. This, the way I'm interpreting this statement, and you know, unless there's information that I'm unaware of, I give a lot of credit to the Rebbe here because the Toldos Aaron hadlaka is the biggest Meron event, the biggest attraction on Lagba Baimer year after year. Now, now the horrific tragedy. The unspeakable tragedy that took place last year happened at that site. Happened at the Toldos Aaron Hadlaka. So I personally want to commend the Rebbe. He's shutting down the event, and to me, he's what he's clearly saying is: Listen, human life is too important. The memory of the forty-five pure and the you know men and children that you know who uh who perished Raman Lalan who perished last year uh at Meron at uh, that you know that horrific, horrific tragedy that their memory and the safety of people attending this coming year, making sure that people are safe and their public health and safety is is the top priority. it's actually it's actually worth. Shutting down this event, which is such a major attraction every year, because human life takes precedence—that th- th- to me is a is a massive statement. And I want to mention a few things. Number one, there are no words to describe. We cannot minimize or diminish in any way this tragedy that took place. And any way, any words we use to describe it will automatically not you know do it justice and not and diminish in a way but we need to reflect we need to never forget the unspeakable tsa'ar. there's there's saar that families are suffering right now to this day and will suffer for the rest of their lives the unfathomable loss so many families suffered i mean in addition to the to you know, to, to to the 45 people who were nifter, ahman uh of course there there the were 100, over 150 people who were in, injured some people were injured and wounded very very seriously and still to this day are suffering now nobody has been held accountable for this disaster, and I don't want to politicize it, but let's just speak out the facts here because they're important. There has, there's never been an indictment, and I don't think there will be any sort of indictment. Nobody has been fired. Nobody has been charged with any crime, so there's been no criminal charges. Um, the investigation that goes on is more about how to prevent this kind of thing from happening again in the future. But nobody has been held accountable for the disaster, and the question is moving forward. But you know, we can debate the politics behind that. But moving forward, the focus needs to be, in my opinion, on keeping people safe. Now, in addition, this coming Lagba Eimer is going to be the first yard site of these these 45 uh, neshamas, of these 45 people who perished. So, you know, can I just raise the question? uh, 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 Look, obviously, it's way above me to, to say whether or not people should attend May run, may run this log like You know, obviously that's something people will decide. People speak to their rav. Speak, to people maybe will speak to Gedalim about. You see, the Toldos Iron Rebbe is deciding not to attend. But, but I would just pose a different question: should Should there at least be be an alternative? Number one, you know, maybe there, maybe there should not be Hadlukas at all. If Toldos Aron Hadluka is not going to be happening, maybe that's an option that should be discussed. But I would say more on an individual level. Let's say somebody. … is not going to Mayron. Let's say people's, people in America. Let's say people don't want to go, don't feel comfortable going for whatever reason. So I just want to raise the discussion. Maybe maybe we should commemorate the first yard site uh, of the Mehron tragedy in a slightly different way, at least the people who are not going to be attending either way, which tens of thousands of people will not. What if we coordinated… A group of uh, uh, of learning, a night of learning. You know, what if there was the the covered the, the, the first yard site? What if there was a shasathon? You know, what if people um, committed to to learning a block gemara le'ilui nishmas the, the 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 people who are nifter the, the as a schus for the nishamas. I mean, imagine thousands and thousands of people learning a block gemara on Lagba Oimer, obviously in the schus of the Rashbi, but also in the schus of that, that, that first yard site. I think that should be an, uh, something that's raised as a possibility, something that people might be very interested in doing and would be a tremendous, you know, almost, uh, incomprehensible schuss. So I'm just wondering how others feel about this. I think it's a discussion that should be out there. Now on to the next discussion, the recent wave of terror attacks in Israel, which is obviously, again, unspeakably tragic. There are no words to describe the horror. And then last week, the attack in B'nai, there have been three, deadly attacks in the last couple of weeks. And then, of course, the third attack, the attack in Bnei Brak, hit very close to home from so many people, obviously, in, in in the Haredi community. But all of these attacks, when innocent Yidden are being murdered, are being gunned down, or being stabbed to death, and leave behind little children, leave behind families, you know perish at a young age, it's so horrific, so tragic, so unspeakable. Meanwhile, in Bnei Brak, a, a brave... Arab policeman, a non-Jewish Arab policeman, actually is the one who killed and stopped the Bnei Brak terrorist before he could do more harm and, and, and murder more people. And, and this policeman himself was was killed in that exchange by the terrorist. So that's obviously something that we need to recognize. Now, I don't want to politicize this either, but we need to mention politics here when it comes to these this, this, this recent wave of terror attacks, because Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, He's taking a radically different approach than Netanyahu on the Palestinian issue and uh, and on terrorism. And that's because Bennett's coalition includes Arab parties, which is unprecedented. That has never happened in Israel before. So clearly the politics here are very relevant. And Naftali Bennett, in my opinion, has been way too soft on the Palestinians, not to mention the Biden administration, who is basically who has restored funding to the Palestinians. That funding was cut off by President Trump. So you had Trump and Netanyahu who basically crushed the Palestinians and just completely marginalized them and it just rendered them completely powerless and they, they, they crushed them financially. And now you have the tag team of Bennett and, and Biden that are essentially restoring the, 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 the Palestinians' finances and just basically giving them the, the, the resources and the ability to carry out more terror attacks. Think about that. Meanwhile, Bennett's government, they're tough on, like, settlers – In the West Bank, but like the Palestinians think clearly that they can commit terror attacks and not and not be punished and are not afraid of retribution. So the problem is Bennett needs the Arab parties or else his coalition would fall apart. In fact, Netanyahu, after one of the terror attacks last week, Bibi Netanyahu said, quote, we must restore peace and security to Israeli citizens. A government dependent on the Islamic movement is not doing this and is probably not capable of doing this, end quote. Now. Naftali Bennett, and I'm going to give him a chance here. I'm going to give him a chance to crack down. We have to see what he can do. <clears throat> but Bennett has told Israeli citizens, you should carry your guns. That's good advice. That's great advice. Of course they should carry their guns, but that's not a strategy. That's not how you prevent terror and 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 uh stop this wave of terror dead in its tracks. What they need to do is they need to do what what Bibi Netanyahu used to do, invade Palestinian villages, round up the terrorists, round up their weapons, Secure the border, by the way, because, you know, Palestinian terrorists are actually sneaking in through breaches at the border wall in Israel. I, I kid you not. Does that sound like a familiar story? Well, that's a fact. Now, I do want to mention Bennett has outlined the plan. He is – at least he's claiming he's going to crack down on terrorism and on the Palestinians. So I will give him a chance because if he can stop this wave and if he can do what Netanyahu did, I'm going to give him a lot of credit. But I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. He needs to prove himself. We need to see what he could do now. And And remember – Netanyahu very very much hurt the Palestinians economically. Did not turn over a, a lot of a lot of tax money. Trump shut down he, the three hundred million dollars that America was was sending the Palestinians, which was insane. Trump shut that down, and uh, Biden, of course, restored that funding which Trump had cut off. That money is used to sponsor terrorism. Literally, uh, the, the the PA, the Palestinian Authority, Hamas. That that the entire Gaza is run by a terror organization. But uh, but but the PA, which claims to be more moderate, they're also a terror group, and they literally spend hundreds of millions of dollars. It's pay to slay. They spend hundreds of millions of dollars. They give huge stipends to terrorists and their families, to these suicide bombers and these terrorists uh, who carry out a tax. And it's funded by U.S. taxpayers. So all of that is what is causing this wave of terror, and it needs to stop. In other news, Mayor Eric Adams of New York City you, – you cannot make this stuff up. Adams was planning to reinstate – The mask mandate for two-year-olds. This is unbelievable. This, this man actually can justify supporting forcing two-year-olds, three-year-olds, and four-year-olds to wear masks. Have you ever heard of anything so cruel? Thankfully, it's been struck down. A court in New York City has struck down the mask mandate for two-year-olds as arbitrary and illegal. By the way, I want to mention before I forget, I'll give Adam some credit. He's he's cracking down on homelessness. Adams he's actually under fire. A lot of Democrats are outraged at Eric Adams because they're basically rounding up <clears throat> these makeshift these, these these homeless not homeless shelters but these these homeless like compounds. These homeless people they gather together in like these public parks and public areas. And they, and they create these, these makeshift areas for themselves. It's public property. And it's, it's areas where people could actually be enjoying themselves, taking walks, walking around, strolling, whatever. And, and these homeless groups, literally, these people are mentally ill very often and they're disgusting. And they take control of these giant swaths of land while Adams is cracking down and they're having police actually Remove these groups of homeless people, and, and and it's similar to what Giuliani did in the 90s. Not quite as as much as far, not not going nearly as far as Giuliani, I should say, because they're not arresting them, but they are at least uh, eliminating these 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 large gatherings of homeless. and And, and a lot of Democrats are outraged at Adams because they're saying, "Oh, he's another Giuliani." Well, I hope he's another Giuliani. I think that would actually be very good. He so far he's got a long way to go because there are a lot of areas where I don't agree with Eric Adams. I think he's been a disaster. But back to the mandate. He, first, he, first, he defended the mandate on children under five. Then he opposed it. Then he defended it. He's all over the place. And um, it's the epitome of cruelty. And the health commissioner in New York City also supports the mandate. Meanwhile, the rest of the country at this point does not have to wear masks for the most part, including New York City. Anyone age five and over in New York City does not need to wear a mask, even if they're not vaccinated. So it's only if you're age two, three or four that Eric Adams wants to force you to wear a mask. I mean, have you ever heard of anything... So cruel. All right. Speaking of New York, I want to talk about bail reform because this is a disaster where you know the the, the crime in New York State is surging out of control and uh, under a lot of pressure. Governor Kathy Hochul under tons of pressure because she resisted this. She's trying to reform the bail law because the bail law is a big part of the reason that crime is rampant in New York. But but the Democrats are resisting Governor Hochul. The Democrat legislature in New York State is saying, no, we're not going to reform bail. And so instead, they're going to let crime in New York surge out of control. So remember, Eric Adams actually urged, urged Governor Hochul to reform the no-cash bail law. First, she refused, but then she caved into the pressure. But now New York State Democrats refuse to change the law. So this law allows vicious criminals to walk the streets. Remember, this began a couple of years ago. They passed a law which allows most criminals in New York to go free without bail. Because and includes vicious crimes. By the way, people who rob banks, in a lot of cases, they, they go free without bail if if it's done without a gun, which which can be if they hand a note to the teller. People who drive drunk, people who shoplift, they could just go free. And there, there are people, by the way, who, uh, who who you know who commit hate crimes, who also get to walk free without bail. So it's very very sickening. These criminals are just allowed to walk. It's a revolving door. They get arrested, they're free. They get arrested, they're released. The, the cops don't want to arrest them anymore because why should they? Now, most of the crimes in New York City are committed by like a group of 3,000 people. So if you would be able to arrest those 3,000 and keep them in prison, literally you'd make the city like 90% safer. It, it's amazing how it's just a small, relatively small group who are the ones committing the crimes and it's preventable. It's so preventable and they know who these people are. Anyone who commits a big crime, they almost always had a criminal record before and they were almost always in jail beforehand. What happened was poor people... Could not post bail. So poor people had to stay in jail because they could not post bail. So back before this law was passed, the reform law, which is is what wrecked everything, what happened was, right, uh, the judge would, let's say, order $1,000 bail or $2,000 bail to a criminal. And if somebody couldn't afford it, they would they would sit in jail awaiting trial. So supposedly, that's not fair. It's not fair, because why should a wealthier person who can afford bail be released while awaiting trial, but poor people are not released? So then they decided, well, let's reform the whole system. And there is no cash bail. They claim it's for nonviolent crimes. But many violent criminals also go free. Okay, people go free all the time who commit vicious, heinous crimes. So but here's my question is who says that's not who says that's not fair? Who even says that's not fair? It seems fair to me. You don't have the money to post bail. Well, why should you sit in jail? Well, here's uh, my suggestion. Don't commit the crime. If you don't commit the crime, people who don't commit crimes don't go on trial, don't get arrested, don't end up in jail, not being able to post bail. So if you have an issue, well, why should I sit in jail because I can't afford bail? Well, don't commit crimes, don't break the law, and then you won't end up sitting in jail. And even if you're poor, even if you can't afford bail, you tell me, well, what about the person who is arrested wrongfully but actually didn't commit a crime? I I, I think that's extremely an extremely rare scenario. All right, so the new socialist program's popping up, and they're blaming the pandemic and gas prices. They're using the pandemic to create more socialism. They're using gas prices to create more socialism. Chicago's going to be giving out... Free gas. Yeah, the Chicago, the city of Chicago is giving up to 50,000 gas cards worth $150 each. They'll be distributed to residents through a lottery system. I wonder which residents are going to be recipients of Chicago's 50,000 gas cards worth $150 each. L.A. is starting a, a, a UBI program, a universal basic income program. The city of L.A., it'll give residents $1,000 a month of guaranteed income for three years. The money will be available on a debit card provided by the county of L.A., and you don't need a bank account to participate, so that works. My question is, do you need to be legal? uh, Will they be giving universal basic income and free gas cards to illegals? I strongly suspect that they will. That They're not going to ask them for any proof of being documented. So who's eligible? Let me tell you the the prerequisites here in the program in L.A. You need to live in a neighborhood where the medium household income is not higher than the county's median income. You need to make less than $56,000 as a single individual or $96,000 as a family of four, and you need to have been negatively financially impacted by the COVID pandemic. So that's one of the prerequisites of this uh UBI program, Universal Basic Income Program, which again is another word for socialist program, redistribution of wealth. You need to have been negatively financially impacted by the COVID pandemic. So what are they doing? They're taking these crises, which they love doing, taking Inflation, gas prices, which was created by Biden, not by Putin. It, uh, gas prices were surging out of control long before Biden. They're taking COVID-19, which was created by China, which Democrats don't want to punish China for, don't even want to, don't even want to uh, uh, accuse China. They want to, like, bury the fact that China was the one who created this pandemic. Whether it was just by extreme negligence, which I don't believe, but that's best case scenario, where, where, where China knew about this thing, it was spreading through Wuhan, and they, instead of Locking things down and, and and making sure nobody traveled out of China and containing it in China, which they could have done, they let it spread wildly. That, that's more than negligence. That 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 is completely criminal, and that's the best case scenario. Much more likely, it leaked out of a lab, and uh, and it was China's fault, and one hundred percent China's fault, and probably Fauci too, and Obama because he because he knew he knew how dangerous that lab was. But um, either way. That you know that that's uh, that's COVID for you, and now they're using the COVID crisis, as they've done so many times, to allow like billions of dollars to be redistributed to people who have been negatively impacted by COVID. It's it, it's like it, it literally boggles the mind. By the way, you know the PPP program, right? Uh, which which of course gave uh, free money to businesses um, to, to 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 compensate for the lockdowns, the COVID lockdowns. That, there was, there is so much fraud. They're calling it the biggest fraud in American history. They're calling it the biggest fraud program. In in other words, they were just doling out the money. And and again, this is how the government wanted it. I think it was by design personally. But they were just giving out money. There was like no proof. You just you filled out an application. You wrote the right answers. They they were saying, well, there's no time. We can't go and verify all the details. So we're just going to take people basically at the honor system. People were lying about how many employees they had, lying about their companies, lying about profits. There were so many different things that people were lying about. And the government just Doled out the money, just hey here let let the cash flow billions of dollars in PPP loans, and it wasn 't loans because because it was forgiven, it was grants, and uh, now they 're saying that there was a massive amount of fraud. Well, is anybody surprised the government 's totally incompetent again, I think it 's by design. I think the government they like uh, creating programs which are then ripe for fraud because they just want to redistribute the wealth they just want to Pump that money into the economy, and you know, hope hope that it gets into the hands of poor people. But because that's that's what they're looking to do. Now, I, I, I'm all for propping up poor people, but I want to give them jobs. You know, I, I want to educate them. I want to help them help themselves. I, I don't want to just give them free money so that they can go and spend it on dr- drugs and alcohol and, and gambling and who knows what else. But uh, PPP loans, again, pure government incompetence. Um, where th- th- there was just hundreds of millions of dollars that were basically stolen from these PPP programs. And a lot of that, some of it's going to be recovered. Most of it's never going to be recovered. But hey, we'll just borrow more money from China. That's going to do it for today. And we will see you next time.